You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. It is on a Wednesday as we approach the UTC weekend for Auburn. It's New Mexico State. I want to talk some Auburn. We'll do that with Terry Henley a little later in this hour. And then uh, next hour, Rich Rodriguez, head coach of Jacksonville State, who's had a remarkable year and will finish off their home record this weekend against La Tech. So if you've never heard Rich Rodriguez, all I can tell you is just please tune in. It is uh, informative, but um, I think equal to being entertaining as well. So, all that being said, Lars, we got a new playoff standings out. Not a lot of change there. How's your day so far? I've been going great. Had a wonderful evening last night on campus with the students. And um, so I was driving home. I heard that the college football playoff rankings had been released last night. Uh, No big surprises, as you mentioned. Georgia, number one. Uh, jumped Ohio State, so new number one in Georgia. Uh, Ohio State is two, Michigan three, Florida State four, Washington five, Oregon six, Texas seven, Alabama eight. And if you dig into this, there's some uh, concerning things if you're an Alabama fan, Matt. Do you agree? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alabama obviously not in control of their own destiny. They have to depend on a few things to happen to the seven teams in front of them uh, the closer we get Lars the more skittish I become because this path uh, there is a path Lars but it's not real clear I mean if we just go through it Ohio State Michigan they're gonna play right yep um does the loser of that game drop you know below Alabama you know, I, I, there's probably justification in that there's what, a what case to be made. It, there's a case. Yeah, there's a case to be said that the loser, if it's a close game, will not drop below Alabama because that loss, especially if you're Michigan, and I know it, it's all things being equal here. We're not talking about the sign stealing stuff, but if Michigan loses a close game, um, I think uh, you'd be hard pressed to um, to drop Michigan below Alabama, uh, but. You know, we'll we'll have to wait and see, but I think almost uh, more concerning is the fact that Oregon is uh, with a one-loss Oregon team remains above Alabama, and so if that again remains the case, and Oregon has uh, Arizona State left, uh, that's on the road, and then Oregon State uh, that's in Eugene. Uh, Oregon State is a, a vastly improved team from the last few years, and that's a huge rivalry game, uh, and you never know what can happen there. But And then they have the Pac-12 championship game. Presumably, it'll be against Washington. But if Washington ends up running the table to the big Pac-12 championship game and they face Oregon, you can go ahead and pencil the winner of that into the college football playoffs, uh, just like you most likely can pencil the winner of um, of, of Ohio State-Michigan into the college football playoffs. And if Florida State ends up winning out, I think you can pencil them in. And then it will come down to uh, uh, the 
Uh, do you take Texas or Alabama if Texas ends up winning out? Uh, does Michigan, if they lose, do they fall behind below Alabama? And I, I know there's still a lot of football to be played, but Alabama is not in the greatest position right now, Matt. And and it, it is in Alabama's benefit definitely that Georgia uh, has now ascended to number one because uh, you know presumably if Alabama were to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, that, uh, you know, although it's technically a neutral site, we all know that that's a Georgia home game over there in Atlanta. And um, that victory will look really good on the resume. Uh, but will that be enough to catapult Alabama over Texas? And, uh, you know, if you use the eye test right now, I would say on a neutral field that Alabama would be favored over Texas. But Texas, but the thing is, what trumps the eye test is the actual result on the field. And the, the fact is, as we all know, Texas went into Brian Denny and beat Alabama by double digits. And, and uh, that's a hard thing to overcome. Let me ask you a couple questions about Texas. Because everybody immediately points to the facts you just gave us. They won at Brian Denny in Tuscaloosa, and they won by double digits, as close to single digits as you possibly can because it was 10. But if that game had been played in Austin and same result, 10-point, would Alabama be ahead of Texas right now? Because it, they seem to be putting a lot of emphasis on the fact that Alabama lost at home. Yeah, I do think Texas would still be ahead of Alabama right now. But here's the thing about Texas. What if it had just been nine? Yeah, it's still, I mean, I think if it was one, if Texas won by one point at the, uh, on the last play of the game, I mean, a victory is a victory is a victory on the road and in one of the most hostile environments in the country. I mean, you just, you can't overlook that. Um, now, Texas has lost to Oklahoma keeps looking worse and worse as Oklahoma, you know, struggles. But look, on Saturday, Texas travels to Ames, Iowa, and for a seven o'clock central kick on, and it's going to be on Fox and uh, Iowa, Ames, Iowa is a tough place to go, especially in mid-November. And we have seen Iowa State help out Alabama in the past. See year 2011 when Iowa State pulled off one of the nice biggest game. upsets of the year uh, yeah. over Oklahoma State. And so uh, this is a game to keep an eye on. And then also uh, Texas's final home game, uh, final uh, uh, regular season game is against Texas Tech. Um, again, a, a, a rival. Texas Tech is not the, a world beater this year, but you never know. But I, I, I'm looking at this game on Saturday night as uh, as, as, a, as a, a one in which Texas could could be uh, could be had. I don't really see it. I, I mean, I know the history here, and yes, let's do remember it's 2011, but um, I I really just don't see that happening. Yours back full strength now, is he not? Uh, I think that makes a big... Well, Texas he's back, is a, yeah. Texas is a mediocre... Not mediocre. They're a good team without 
Quinn Ewers. They are a really, really good team with him. So I don't know if I put a lot of stock in Iowa State pulling off the upset, but we will once once see. Uh, um, as I was watching and tuning in, reading about the uh, the rankings that came out last night, Alabama has the toughest schedule in all of college football. I saw a little one next to the side of the Crimson Tide's name there. So I don't guess that – I guess it pays, uh, you know, they pay attention to that, but it doesn't appear a lot because, you know, teams like Michigan and Georgia have like 50 and 54 and 64 as far as the toughest rankings are concerned. So that to me right now isn't weighing very heavily for Alabama. No, not yet, but um, you never know. <laughs> and uh, man, I, I go back to Iowa State. Like, there, this is a this is a team that's not. They started the year slow, but they um, they they beat uh, BYU last week, forty five thirteen. Um, they uh, got throttled by Oklahoma earlier in the year, uh, fifty to twenty. They beat TCU. Uh, they've, I think they've won five of their last seven, but um, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not giving up on on the Cyclones here because, uh, again, I, I've been to Ames, Iowa, on cold, windy nights in the Midwest, and you're playing against a Texas team that doesn't necessarily like the cold. We'll see. It's um, seven and a half point favorite for Texas. That actually seems a little low to me for a six and four team. They are five and ten, five and two in the in the Big Twelve. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. And one thing they beat Oklahoma State early, earlier this yeah, year. The um, uh, the the one card here, and we won't know till the very end of the season. I mean, post championship game is if Alabama can beat Georgia, then it just goes to show you or. You know they they uh, they win the toughest conference in the league in the SEC, and then they have the top most difficult schedule. I, I, I don't know. Is the SEC in. is the SEC the best conference this year? Um, yeah, I would say I'd say they match the pack. I think it's not the top two or three. I think it's when you get deeper. Yeah, that the SEC really continues to to be the strongest of the leagues, but. More to talk about with that. Let's uh, remind you, Terry Hanley will talk and be talking to Auburn. Boy, Lars, there is a lot being written about the pick six. Have you noticed that? A lot is written yeah. since it's the 10-year anniversary. So kick Terry six. Hanley will yeah. the kick six. What I say? The pick it is the, yeah. kick, <laughs> the kick six, which was, uh, I don't know. Some are saying it was the most extraordinary play in the history of college football. I think it was. I don't know if I... Um, in the history of the game, though, it's pretty big. It was a massive turnaround. There's no question. Nobody, not anybody in that stadium or watching was really anticipating that. But man, was it a play. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. It's Matt Lars. Noah's at the control. We'll be back with more. We've got Rich Rodriguez coming up in the second hour. And then Terry Henley's up in about 10 minutes. Hang with us. If you're a homeowner or business, Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Coastal low is pushing in our direction and checking out radar. We are starting to see some scattered rain trying to sneak our way. 
Maybe a passing shower through the afternoon time, but the better chances for rain starting to roll in as the night goes on. Lasting through parts of our Wednesday, too. Today's high 70 and the overnight low, low 50s. And then much cooler for tomorrow with a gusty northeasterly wind, the high upper 50s. More chances for scattered rain Wednesday night and Thursday morning. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Naramore. On Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Many of you just heard the weather report, and, and we were talking, we were chatting a bit during the break about James Spann. He can still give the temperature. He's still just tough as nails, but uh, he's still recovering a couple of days, and he should be all right. And we are all James Spann fans in so many ways. So uh, prayers and thoughts continue to James Spann. It's, he had a, a stomach issue. Uh, just a night ago and had to have emergency surgery. But uh, the pictures that he's posting on social media indicate that James Spann is recovering quickly, and I imagine more quickly than many many were uh, anticipating because he's, man, he's just a tough guy to be my age. So anyway, uh, good luck and well wishes to James Spann. Now, we're going to take some calls. If you have a comment on the college football rankings, love to hear them at 205 205- Three four two nine nine zero four, and a reminder that Lars and myself will be live at Innisfree, the Irish Pub there in Tuscaloosa this Wednesday from noon until two. Of course, it's the uh, University of Tennessee Chattanooga weekend. Lars, that also falls um, on what would be called what is called Senior Day, and Alabama will salute its rightful seniors as well. <laughs> Yeah, and um, that'll be a, a pretty fun experience. Um, I uh, am contemplating taking my three kids uh, <laughs> by, myself. <laughs> by myself. By uh, myself, Robbie Glenn was kind enough to uh, pass some tickets along, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I I talked to their mother and. She said, well, I wouldn't do it, but <laughs> go for it. <laughs> well, we did it with the Stallions, and I think we survived. Yeah, yeah but it, the, the Stallions, you know, you can park about a, a block away. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, you're not dealing with a, an hour car ride, at least down there from uh, from Birmingham and traffic and snacks and, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, seriously, like, here's like something I'm thinking about, right? My girls are six years old. What happens when one of them has to go to the bathroom? Well, all three of us have to go and they are still, they're not comfortable going into the bathroom by themselves. So I have to have to have to bring all three of them into uh, the boys room and, you know, it's it's a little tough to manage sometimes, but <laughs> I mean these are the things you think of. Yeah, 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 these are the things you think of before you make this commitment of going down. Like, how am I going to handle the bathroom situation? <laughs> so 
I don't know. If anybody has any advice, please call in. I, I would love to hear it. <laughs> Taking uh, the, uh, two six-year-old girls and an eight-year-old boy to an uh, Alabama game by yourself. Um, <laughs> they don't need Mountain Dew to get all jacked up. They're, no, no, they're, they're jacked up. Gear unless they're <laughs> they uh, <laughs> they uh, keep uh, they keep the engine redlined all the time, <laughs> for sure. Um, okay, it, it, we, we we've heard that that it, overall the big sports story of the day is uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is gonna miss the rest of the season after um, after suffering a, a broken bone in his throwing shoulder uh, that he sustained in uh, Cleveland's uh, really electric 33-31 comeback over the Ravens on Sunday. And uh, I don't know if you saw this game, Matt, but uh, uh, Watson took a bunch of hard hits. He also also suffered a, a high ankle sprain, um, and so there the Ravens now are just hoping that he'll be ready to start the 2024 season. Um, but yeah, the uh, the MRI uh, revealed that um, that uh, he that 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 he has what's called a um a displaced fracture to the glenoid in his right shoulder uh that just that doesn't sound good i don't know if i don't know if it'll be career ending i doubt it uh they don't seem to think so but um the problem for the browns is that they've invested so much money and that 230 million is guaranteed so they are just absolutely in a salary cap uh, Hades right now, and so uh, they have no week, no 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 option but to hope that Deshaun can come back. And 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 again, let's let's forget about how we feel about him personally, just professionally. You know, you, you hate this um, because in his uh, in in the twelve games that um, he uh, has played with the Browns, he really struggled. But against the Ravens on Sunday, he showed flashes of the star that he can be because in leading this furious uh, second half comeback, he was 14 of 14, right? On, on, the, on, on, three, on all three possessions that the team had in the second half, or in, or in the last three possessions and led him to a game-winning field goal. And so now the Browns, uh, who have just a, an amazing defense led by Miles Garrett, who very well may be the defensive player of the year, the Browns are going to turn to uh, UCLA rookie uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, who goes kind of, who's nicknamed DTR. And um, he was a, a fifth-round pick uh, he played, it seemed like, eight years at UCLA. He, and I, I thought he did really well in the preseason, but he started the first game after Deshaun was hurt, and he really struggled against the Ravens, a 28-3 loss. So you got to feel bad for the Browns. you got to feel bad. Again, forget how you feel personally about Deshaun Watson. Just whenever an athlete uh, suffers a, a, a catastrophic injury like this, Matt, you, you just you hate to see it. Well... You sure do, and in this case, if anybody doubted it before, he's one. He's tough as a pine nut. Um, he said that every time he threw the ball in the second half, it hurt, and 
I don't know if anybody's ever been in that situation before. We got any former quarterbacks listening? But that puts an immense amount of pressure because you know every time you release a ball, there's pain. And if you think that doesn't affect you mentally, when you're back to pass, you're in the pocket, you got to throw it between two defenders and into a receiver's hand, you know, you're, you're thinking, have I got enough to squeeze it in there? Yeah. But what did you just say? He was 14 of 14 in his last 14 three. 14 of 14. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was, kid. and that was like, you know, that game could have been, and again, I'm just saying this, forget about how we feel about him personally. As a, as an NFL player, that was his signature moment as a Cleveland Brown. That was the, obviously by far the best he had played. And you got the sense watching that. You're like, oh man, Deshaun Watson is back. And if Deshaun Watson is back playing like he can, which is at a Pro Bowl level, this Cleveland team is really dangerous because their defense is as good as any defense in the NFL. And then for this to happen, it's uh, it's tough. It's uh, it's it's very it's a very much a Cleveland Brown thing. I don't know exactly how the cap works, but there's a little inset on an article I'm reading on ESPN about his remaining deal. He signed a five-year fully guaranteed $230 million deal with the Browns. The 230 I think most people are okay with, but the guarantee, the owners of the other teams just went up in arms. And, and since then, a deal like that has not been secured. No. But um, in his next year, 2024, <clears throat> his cash value value is $46 million, but the cap hit is 63.9. So, Oof. Lars, uh, that just means your ability to sign free agents. And I, I guess your, your income and your rookies are probably not going to hurt your salary cap as much. That's kind of an expected thing. But the cap hit is $64 million. That that's is, huge. I mean, that's got to be about uh, at least 20%. I, I don't know what the cap is going to be next year, but um, I'm guessing they may try to figure out a way to restructure that deal to smooth the cap hit out, you know, lengthen it in years. Or I, I, I don't know how you can do it. I mean, I'm no capologist uh, and certainly horrible at math, but... Yeah, uh, Cleveland just better hope that that Deshaun can come back, and I, 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 you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to think that Cleveland season's over. I mean, Tom Brady came in and led New England to a Super Bowl victory, but again, Tom Brady was in his second year, not in his third, not in his, uh, not in his rookie season, but. That's only happened once in history when a sixth-round quarterback who's in his second year leads a team to a Super Bowl. I don't know if a fifth-round rookie can do that for the Browns, much less uh, win more than half the rest, the rest of their games. You're listening to Big Noon Sports coming up. We'll talk with Terry Henley, former Auburn um, All-SEC running back, player of the year, and member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. He is with us next on Big Noon Sports.
securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Ow, ow. 